Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 39, verse 20, we're going to just read this portion to give us some continuity as we move into chapter 40. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a father that wants to instruct us. You want to lead us. You want to see us increase in our knowledge of you. And so you teach us. And now, Lord, we come to you to be taught by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 39, verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued to see in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came unto them in the morning and looked upon them, And behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. Okay, now, we've traced, we've been tracing Joseph's life from the time when he was in a very special position, he was in his father's house, Jacob, and he was the favorite son of his father, and he had the coat of many colors just to show it, to prove it. And then we saw how from that position, he went down into being into the hands of his brothers who wanted to murder him. They wanted to murder Joseph. But in the end, Joseph was sold as a slave into Egypt. And then we saw how again, Joseph rose up to the special position there of being a a favored servant in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar gave him the power, the authority, the responsibility for everything in his house. And then we saw again how Joseph plunged down and when he was the target 
of Potiphar's evil wife, who again, like his brothers, she tried to get him murdered. But in the end, he was put in prison. And so here in chapter 39, as we're looking at this chapter as a whole, with Joseph in prison, anyone looking at Joseph now would say, well, that's it. You're really in trouble now. It looks like God has forsaken you. You might as well just cry out the words of Psalm 22.1. You might as well say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Here I am in this prison, I'm forsaken. It really looks like, it looked that way. It looked like Joseph was forsaken by God. That's what it looks like. But this shows us the power of that verse 21 that we were seeing before when it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. So from human perspective, when it looked as though Joseph was forsaken by God, then verse 21 comes in and says, no, but the Lord was with Joseph. It didn't matter that he was in prison. Prison was not a barrier for God to go in to be with Joseph. And it's such a lesson for our lives because when it looks to us as though we've been forsaken, that's when the verse 21 comes to us, but the Lord was with Joseph. Now we see here that as a result of going into the prison, Joseph gets a new relationship. It's a whole new person now called the keeper of the prison. And Joseph builds this relationship. That's the thing we see about Joseph. He's always building relationships. And so he builds this friendship. He builds this relationship with this keeper of the prison. We don't know very much about this keeper of the prison. We don't even know his name. I mean, he's a nameless person. But what we do know is that this person had a very high appreciation for Joseph. And of course we know the Lord gave Joseph favor in his eyes, but we see this developing before us is that this pattern with Joseph, he comes into contact with a person. He builds a relationship with that person. There's a special appreciation of friendship, a favor as it puts in, 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 in the Bible in his eyes. And so this unnamed keeper of the prison now is going to play a very key, pivotal role in what we're going to see happen. And what it, it begins now in verse 22, where it describes to us that the keeper of the prison commits. That's what he does, it says there. He commits into Joseph's hand. All the prisoners, all the prisoners that were in prison, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. In other words, he was responsible for it. Joseph was responsible for it. Now, what we see here is that this unnamed keeper of the prison, he commits the whole prison into Joseph's hand. The keeper of the prison was responsible for all the prisoners there. And just think of how vulnerable this made the keeper of the prison. Because, for example, if Joseph you know, allowed all the prisoners to escape, you know, it would be the head of the keeper of the prison. He'd have to answer for it, especially after an investigation. Can you imagine? investigation. Why did you allow a criminal prisoner (laughs) to be in charge of the whole prison? So the keeper of the prison, he'd be hanged. So the natural question for us when we look at this is with so much to lose, why would the keeper of the prison put his life at risk by making Joseph in charge of all the prison, in charge of the prison? 
And the answer is clear because for the keeper of the prison, it was all about Joseph. He had such trust in Joseph. Joseph's behavior was so impressive to the keeper of the prison that he was willing to put his life into Joseph's hands, which is essentially what happened here. And so again, God is developing for us a picture of who this Joseph was, who this person Joseph was, so important in the scripture. So we read the keeper of the prison. He commits everything into Joseph's hand. And now we're starting to see, again, a pattern in Joseph's life. And the pattern in Joseph's life is like this. In every situation in life, Joseph saw himself in a particular role And he saw that he had a particular mission in life. Joseph, in every situation of life, he saw himself as a servant. That was the characteristic of Joseph. He saw himself as a servant. And he saw that his mission in life was to serve others. For example, I mean, ultimately, Joseph served the Lord. Yes, he did. Joseph served the Lord. Ultimately, his master was the Lord, and Joseph served the Lord. But when Joseph's father was Joseph's master, Jacob, and Jacob said, I want you to go to your brothers there in the middle of the desert far away, he obeyed. He obeyed, and it was his delight to serve his father and to go to his brothers in the desert, which obviously was dangerous. When Potiphar was Joseph's master, and Potiphar gave him jobs to do. Joseph served Potiphar to such a degree that Potiphar was so impressed with Joseph's service that he just made him overseer of his whole house. He didn't even know what was going on except for the bread that came to him that he ate. And we see how Joseph served Potiphar when we read in verse 4 of chapter 39 where it says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, that's Potiphar, and he served him. That's Joseph. He is always serving. And again, when the keeper of the prison was Joseph's master, as we're here right now, and Joseph then did such a job, he said, Joseph is a true servant in heart, and he served this keeper of the prison. He was so impressed with him that he then committed the whole prison into his hand. And then we're going to find out when Joseph was put over two prisoners in particular, Joseph served those prisoners. Look down to verse 4, chapter 40, verse 4, where it says, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. Joseph served the prisoners. I mean, that's amazing to us. We're going to cover that a little bit more. Then later on, when Pharaoh was Joseph's master, Joseph served Pharaoh, and Pharaoh never regretted. No one ever regretted ever putting Joseph into this level of responsibility, except maybe Potiphar, because he was lied to by the evil wife. But this aspect of Joseph being a servant, it's just who Joseph was. He was a servant in heart. And when you look at this and we see this, we see so clearly in Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the astounding thing, one of the astounding things, that the Lord Jesus Christ said was in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven. 27. In Luke twenty-two twenty-seven, 27, 
The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am among you as he that serveth. I am among you as he that serveth. He's the master. He's the master. But in describing his life, the Lord Jesus Christ, sort of a summary verse in Philippians 2.7. Philippians 2.7 says that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, of a servant. When God the Father went to describe the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, verse 11, 53, 11, he called him my righteous servant. Justify many, will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So first and foremost, the Lord Jesus saw himself as a servant. And that's why it's called in the Bible, the law of Christ is to serve others by bearing their burdens. And that's given to us in Galatians 6 too. Galatians 6 2, where it says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So this is this is what we see in Joseph. Joseph, first and foremost, saw himself as a servant. That's what he did. And it's almost as if Joseph was not even aware of the circumstances he was in. You want to say, Joseph, you're in the worst prison in Egypt, don't you know already? But he just seems to be kind of unaware of it. And all he seems to be aware of is a beautiful innocence with Joseph. All he seems to be aware of is, oh, what new opportunities do I have to serve here? (laughs) It's like amazing. In other words, Joseph was aware, I mean, he was obviously aware of the fact that he was in prison. And he was obviously aware of the fact that he was in prison and it wasn't any fault of his own. And he was aware of the fact that he was in prison and it was out of his control. And he was aware of the fact that he was in prison and it was all in God's control. But in a kind of humble submission to God, he accepted what happened to him. He knew he couldn't change it, he accepted it. That's what it means to live above the circumstances, not under them. That's what he did. Now, Joseph said, okay, all this happened, it was out of my control. But Joseph said, but there is something that's in my control. And I'm going to take control of this in prison. So when Joseph was in prison, he had control over his attitude. And his attitude was always, as people would meet, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? What can I do to serve you? That's Joseph. That's who he was. That's what Joseph could do. That's what Joseph had the power to do. And that's what Joseph did. Now, Joseph served the keeper of the prison in what looked like hopeless conditions. Hopeless conditions. I mean, Joseph, he had been used to doing great works for Potiphar. I mean, you know, everybody, he was in charge of the whole household of Potiphar. Everybody reported to him. And so when Joseph was given work to do by the keeper of the prison, Joseph didn't say, you got to be kidding. (laughs) He says, I don't think you know who you're talking to. (laughs) I was in charge of every responsibility in your boss's house. How about that? I mean, you don't really expect an important man like me to do this lowly task, do you? You know, that was not Joseph. That was not Joseph at all. He did not see his work in prison as below him. He didn't. 
And that's what's so great about Joseph. That's also what was so great about Vice President Pence last week when he rolled up his sleeves and he helped clean up the mess that the vandals had left in the Jewish cemetery, Missouri. He was the vice president. He's the vice president of the United States of America. And he didn't seek the cleanup job as beneath him, but he rolled up his sleeves and, and did it. It's Joseph. Joseph took whatever was given to him and he did it with all of his heart. And he didn't sulk in prison. He didn't sulk in prison thinking about, oh, those good old days when I was in Potiphar's house, when, when I was the overseer of Potiphar's house, and anything I wanted, I had. But no, he didn't do that at all. And just so that we don't re- forget, this was not a short stay in prison for him. This was 10 years. Joseph was in this prison for 10 years. That's a long time. So when we, when we look at chapter 39 and realize, wow, this is a 10-year stay in prison we're talking about here, we have to step back on chapter 39 and say, well, what is this? Well, most people would look at chapter 39 and say, well, that's the darkest chapter in Joseph's life. Oh, chapter 39. That was his fall from power. Poor Joseph. Such the worst time of his life. The darkest chapter in Joseph's life is when he's in the prison. But you know what God would call chapter 39? God would call chapter 39 the brightest chapter in Joseph's life. Now, why would God call chapter 39 the brightest? Why do I say that God would call chapter 39 the brightest chapter in his life? It's because of a statement that Joseph makes in this chapter, which is in verse 9, chapter 39, verse 9. Because in verse 9, that's where Joseph makes this incredibly great statement when he said, How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, that statement for Joseph was really his response to an offer that was made by Potiphar's wife. And when Joseph said that, Joseph was proving something. He was really proving the truth that not every man has his price. (laughs) not every man has his price. You know, people go around, they're always going around, they want to buy companies. And they say, well, you know, every man has his price. But that's not true. And it's not true in Joseph's case. Joseph could not be bought off to be kept from execution or prison in this case. Satan says, every man has his price. But the Bible says, no, there are men that do not have their price. Here's Joseph. Joseph did not have his price. Job did not have his price. And you know who else didn't have his price? Naboth. You say, who's Naboth? (laughs) Naboth, the account of Naboth is in 1 Kings 21. In 1 Kings 21, verse 2, 1 Kings 21, 2, it says, Ahab, King Ahab, spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it's nearer to my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And then it goes on. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Ahab really wanted this piece of property, this land, because he wanted to have a large garden of herbs so that, you know, the, so from his kitchen they could go out and get just the perfect fresh herbs and put it in there, and there we go. Ah, it's fantastic food. Anyway, <laughs> and Naboth had this field that he wanted right next door to Ahab, and so 
And Ahab thought, okay, Naboth has his price for the field, but Naboth could, didn't have his price. And so it took Ahab's wife Jezebel, who is, had Naboth murdered, and then he got the land for his herb garden, and God wasn't happy with that. And so there are those who Satan cannot buy because they don't have a price, and Joseph was one of them. And the reason chapter 39, which I think chapter 39 is the brightest chapter in Joseph's life, is because of this verse where he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It shows a decision. Verse 9 shows a decision that Joseph made. Joseph is saying, I'd rather choose to suffer than sin. It shows a decision where he says, I'll choose shame and sorrow from man over guilt before God. See, verse 9 shows that Joseph would rather be an inmate in a prison with a clear conscience than to be in a mansion and a conscience that's constantly accusing him and making him feel bad. Verse 9 shows that Joseph chose to be a prisoner of man and be free with God rather than to be a prisoner of God and free with man. It shows that Joseph really valued purity, and he chose purity at such a cost over impurity. It's a decision that Joseph made. As a result of verse nine, the decision that Joseph made, God rewarded Joseph. He rewarded Joseph. I mean, this is what happens in life. People make decisions that God rewards people for their decisions. If a person decides to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and believe into him, God rewards that person with eternal life. Verse nine Verse 9 explains verse 21 when it says the Lord was with Joseph. Because Joseph says in verse 9, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And then verse 21 says the Lord was with Joseph. So what we're seeing here is that in verse 9 when he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? That's Joseph being faithful to God. And then in verse 21, when it says that the Lord was with Joseph, that's God being faithful to Joseph. Joseph is faithful to God. God is faithful to Joseph. So now he's in the prison, and God is going to use this experience. God is using this experience of Joseph in prison to prepare Joseph. This is a course for Joseph. This is a preparation course, because when Joseph is going to be in this position that he doesn't even know about yet, where he's going to deliver all of Egypt from troubles, the troubles of famine and starvation, as I would do it, as God would say, if I, for Joseph to be my man in that position, I need to strip the insulation off, you know, like a wire, you know, <laughs> it's insulated. He says, God says, I gotta strip off the insulation so Joseph can feel And he can feel what it's like to be in trouble. You know, that happened with me. (laughs) I had the insulation of being raised in Bel Air, which is everybody's on welfare in Bel Air, you know. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, silver spoon in the mouth, all that stuff. And um, and that's the way it was. And I was depraved and had to go to school in Switzerland. That's a terrible situation. Anyway. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.
tomcantor.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.